Hello and welcome to The Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. All right. Okay. Thank you. Um, yeah. Thank you, everybody, for uh, being on uh, on the call. Uh, as always, you know, now I'm on. Uh, I get really nervous, and uh, I've been uh, I've been quite ill the last couple of days, as you can hear in my voice. So um, I have written down some stuff. So I hope it's going to uh, to work out. But um, yeah, I'm uh, just going to do the best I uh, I can, and uh, you know, that's. That's going to be good enough, and it's in uh, in God's hands what uh, what happens next. As you heard, you know, my um, I've been sober uh, now for um, thirteen years, continuous sobriety. Um, uh, I'm not going to uh, share all of what I did to qualify for SA. I will share my uh, uh, in short my acting out patterns, um, this masturbation sexual and romantic fantasies, pornographic images and stories, lusting after self, lusting after men and women, lusting after body parts, uh, promiscuity, exhibitionism, voyeurism, uh, dependency relationships, and relationships with men who are not available, and idolism, and idolizing people. I'm getting really nervous. (laughs) Yeah, breathe in and breathe out. All right. Um, so yeah, it's it's not because uh, I don't want to share uh, my acting out with you, but um, I think this is also f- a very important uh, um, topic. You know, lust itself is not the problem; it's me. You know, and when I first heard that, I was like, "What is that?" But yeah, I have to surrender lust. Yes, I absolutely do. And yes, you know, if there's a newcomer meeting, when there are people new, very new in the meeting, it is important to share about, you know, my acting out so that they can identify, you know, where I'm coming from and that there's something they can identify with. Um, and, uh, you know, for, for my own experience, it has been, uh, absolutely important to have that continuous sobriety and as the, so, Somebody said, you know, the only sobriety counts is today, but I do have that continued sobriety necessary um, to be able to work on the other stuff. But um, before I can work on the other stuff, you know, I need to um, I need to be able to use the tools uh, of surrendering lust, you know, um, that's really important when the lust hits me you know i need to be able to do what i need to do to get rid of uh, to get rid of the lust uh, lust images uh, lust thoughts uh, you name it lust in my eyes um and those are three things you know the tools of surrendering which i heard in the meetings and and was shared with me from my uh, sponsor and um you know working working all the 12 steps as well and um also you know finding uh my high, higher power of my own understanding um and another one is is that you know sa itself is not a cure all it's just you know it's for lust uh, because i'm a lustaholic you know if you need outside help you go get outside help um you know those are things that you know some people think okay sa will cure everything and that's not true. It's, you know, it's only sobriety from lust and uh, sexual acting out. Um, I just found that uh, important to say. <laughs> um, yeah, having that s- solid um, foundation and working, um, you know, also working on the steps and and having my own belief in higher power, which I found also through working uh, through our step two, which is a really great exercise in our step into action. You know, that has been uh, instrumental for me. 
um, that that uh, you know going to um, this reading, you know, how, how, where does this come from? Lust itself is not the problem. It's me. It's basically in a white book in, in different, in different wording. It's on, um, you know, getting started, step zero, page 72. I'll read it up to this point. Recovery may have just, sorry, <clears throat> up to this point, recovery might, may have been just as compulsive as the addiction. It's just too uncomfortable. We begin to see that the obsession and the compulsive acting out are only symptoms of our underlying spiritual illness. Even the fellowship isn't enough. We have to get get to the source of the problem ourselves. So there it is in different words. So it continues. Instead of that subconscious and insidious attitude of please fix me. I think everybody can recognize, please fix me. I want this to go away immediately. No matter what it is, I want it to go away immediately. The fairy godmother, poof, and it's gone. It doesn't work that way. (laughs) And then it goes on. As though uh, some person or group could do recovery for us. We take responsibility for our own recovery. We start working the steps. Um, for me, it was, you know, uh, I was two years in, uh, sobriety, uh, also in, in, uh, SA and, and sober. I was, uh, I was saying co-sponsorship with another woman at that time who was in the fellowship, but that, um, that didn't work. We had a blow up. Um, um, I had done the quick, uh, the 12 steps, quick step style, very, very quick. Um, and before going, coming into SA, I've been, uh, and I still am in Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, so I had done the steps there, but you know, I'm not going to say it doesn't count, but it's different doing the steps in SA and really having a look at my, uh, my sexaholic stuff and what affects me. So, um, um, after that blow up with uh, with uh, the, the co-sponsor, I had to find um, somebody else to sp- to sponsor me, and it was very scary at the time. We had a, a sister's list; it was small. Uh, it doesn't exist anymore, um, and I had to find um, somebody to sponsor me. So I uh, I emailed people, uh, women, and some responded, some didn't. Tried some calling with others, didn't work out, and eventually one person it worked out and um i was able to call with her um and that's my sponsor still today from canada and um i can remember you know almost crying on the phone and um spilling uh, <laughs> spilling my guts out at that moment you know because i was desperately in need of um somebody to guide me and um i think that was one of the most scariest things I've ever done in the beginning of my sobriety to reach out for that kind of help. I had reached out for help, but you know, all these hurdles that I had to overcome. Um, Yeah. And then uh, after that, you know, it's also in our white book, getting a sponsor us in the same paragraph, page 73, you know, and for some time we suffer from a tunnel vision, nearsightedness, farsighted, astigmatic, astigmas, or all of them put together. Anything but normal vision. Okay. Some gentle and not so gentle holding up of the mirror and prodding are usually necessary. And above all, we need an example of life that is making it. Um, and also part of that, take the action, the sponsor says, and the feelings will follow. If you wait for the feeling first, that will never happen. You know, so, yeah, those are the four things that... Um, you know, is put in there. I need a spiritual solution. Um, there's a 12 steps of my higher power, a change of my attitude. And, uh, I don't have a normal vision at all on things that happen in my life or my emotions or, or, you know, how I see things. And, um, an example of life that's making it. And, I'm really grateful for today that um, I did find that in in the in my sponsor. Um, in the beginning, I didn't know that, and you know, she shared things with me that are like, 
this doesn't make sense. How, what, what are you sharing with me? You know, and, um, but um, she'd, she'd share with me anyway. And I listened and I listened very carefully, you know, and, um, um, and that came to um, also seeing, and I was able to see this also in my step one, uh, my acting out, um, that I jump into my past now, is that uh, my lust started at a very, very, very young age, at the age of four or five. I used comic images that I sexualized in my fantasies, um, and I... I can see today very clearly that this was my way of dealing with uh, life, emotions, and disturbances. You know, and this is what I would use to medicate myself or numb myself or not feel what was going on. Um, I'm not to say that I I knew that, but you know, that just happened all my life. Um, so it was so normal for me to do that. Um, it was. It was not taught to me or mirrored by my role, by, by, by my role models, my parents or caretakers, how to deal with, uh, with life, how to deal with emotions, or as I could say, you know, disturbances that could be for, from anything, anything that disturbs me. And, you know, I just resort to, to lust. So that's where, where I came from, from the past. And, you know, in, even in essay, after two years of um, abstinence, I came to a place that I did feel absolutely miserable. Yes, I was sober. I wasn't acting out. The lust was, well, I wasn't going to say the lust was less, but, you know, I wasn't doing the things I, I wasn't, was not supposed to do. I don't know. Did I say it right? I don't know. Uh, I wasn't lusting out or sexually acting out. Let me say it that way. <laughs> um, so um, I was surrendering the rust, lust away, uh, you know, and, and I, I needed guidance uh, from my sponsor that, uh, you know, how, how she was able to overcome her disturbances or, you know, the disturbances that I would put down. And I call it disturbances because... You know, that would be things that bother me. You know, how did this happen? Or I'd get irritated or, or I'd feel depressed or, or fearful. Uh, you, you name it, all those kind of things that would, uh, would trouble me. Um, and after I think it was, um, three or four years, uh, you know, I felt very puzzled, um, that I was, only feeling more fearful in sobriety. And I didn't understand it. I thought I was doing something wrong in their sobriety. And um, that's where also my sponsor reassured me that, you know, this is probably you've been feeling these fears. You've had these fears all your life, but you've been covering them up with lust and, you know, what I used to do in the past, alcohol. Um I've had, I've done other shares on my past, so I'm, I'm not in the past over fear, so I'm not going to go too much into the fears. Um, you know, and, um, one of the things I can remember in the beginning, and that's, it, it was very simple. It was, it was so, so simple, but it was so hard to do is, you know, just, just pick mm -hmm. up the phone to, to call other people. Um, and oh, no. the, the, the phone, and it was also uh, for doing my own personal administration that I think the people would scream and shout and yell at me and be nasty, you know, and um, I'd, I'd have sweat in my hands, you know, and I'd be shaking and I'd pick up that phone, and, well, pray first, <laughs> prepare, and, and I'd, I'd do it anyway, you know, and like, okay. Oh, thank goodness I did it. I did it, you know, that way be able to overcome it. But I was able to share that with with my sponsor as well, that I found it so difficult to do those simple things in life, you know, um, and um, there's a small uh, part out of the big book um on page 62, you know, that we were driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity. You know, uh, we step on toes of our fellows and they retaliate. 
So our troubles we think of basically of our own making. They arise out of ourselves. And the uh, alcoholic or uh, sexaholic is in is on its own an extreme example of self-will run riot. You know, and that's um, that was also for me my self-pity. I can also remember in the beginning that you know I felt uh, a lot of self-pity. I'd that that had been there all my life, you know, and that was um, in combination with uh, with a drink um, and, and my acting out would be um, also a favorite form of getting attention. You know, okay, I'd lay out everything. You know what had happened with me. You know, my self-pity and uh, all those things, and and that way I'd get attention. But you know, in recovery, it was like. I didn't have that. I couldn't do that anymore. So how how do I deal with that? Um, and this is, you know, it did take some time, you know, um, that basically underneath that self-pity, there was a lot of grief. And um, I was able to sink into that, into the grief. Um, and it took some time. And I found that also, you know, quite scaring what was happening to me and what was going on. I felt really heavy, you know, will I be able to come out of this? Um, and um, I was also doing a part-time job at that moment. So basically what I could only do is I could get up, I would go to the park, sit down, you know, uh, look around, look at nature, look at the, uh, the the fire, well, not the fireflies, the flies that are flying around and, and stuff like that. And uh go to my job and go back home, you know, and this went on for some time. I'd visit uh, a graveyard. And, you know, the reason why I was visiting the graveyard that if I needed to cry, you know, people don't look at you like what's going on with you. You know, I'd be able to cry and feel free to cry because um, I never felt free to cry. And when I did cry, when I did cry, have a cry in the past it would be self-pity and I felt I you know would go into something dramatic and um, I was just able to feel that grief and yeah and eventually it did leave uh, and it and it passed but I needed also that reassurance from um, somebody else you know that life that had experienced that and I'm saying it this way that's my sponsor you know, that, yeah, you know, you're not crazy. This is something that you're going through. You're going to be okay. This is just the way it is, you know, and you don't have to act out. You don't have to act out on this. You know, <laughs> that's one thing. Um, and then in between of this, you know, dealing with loneliness, that has also been a very, very big issue for me. Um, you know, I want you to take care of me, help me and fill that hole in my soul. Um, and, um, you know, this was also difficult for me in the meetings because I wanted, I wanted the men also to take care of me also after the meeting, but you know, Hey, that's, um, that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> you know, uh, everybody's, uh, trying to take care of themselves in a healthy way with their higher power in the best possible way they can. And so did I. You know, and I felt miserable after sometimes after meetings. I felt really miserable and all alone. Also being at conventions, being one of the the few women who were there, or sometimes I've been once or twice the only woman there, you know, and having to deal with other stuff. I felt, uh, you know, that, uh, um, um, you know, I, I also wanted to, to cling on to other people, have that conversation. And that's where I also heard from uh, my sponsor, you know, um, that it's okay to feel all those feelings inside if I'm not well, um, if I'm feeling that loneliness, that's okay. But I don't need to cling on to other people because then in a different way, I'm acting out. I'm using them to comfort myself. It might not be in a lustful way, but I am using them to help myself feel better you know so um yeah i've had to go up to rooms uh to my room and take a good cry and uh, and in time that did get better um um yeah and also uh yeah trying to find um friendships in a healthy way in my other f uh, fellowship i um 
I tried, uh, you know, making friends with uh, other women. Didn't work out. I tried in this place of um, uh, worship. Uh, that didn't work out, you know. Um, even in this process, I, I was guided. Five minutes, Jackie. Yep. Thank you. Even in this process, I was guided uh, by my sponsor, you know, feel I wanted to cling on to people in that room, have conversations, you know, why are you not talking with me? <laughs> you know, and I had to just stand there. Well, I didn't have to do anything. It was suggested. And I did that. I didn't have to do anything. Um, but I I did that um, to feel my discomfort I had. Um, I've also had to uh, learn um, setting emotion, uh, setting, setting uh, uh, boundaries, you know, because, um, oh yeah. And, you know, in my loneliness, one of the, 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 the things would be uh, my fantasy would be of a man that could take care of me and everything would be okay. You know, the childlike fantasy, you know, if it were mixed in with sexual fantasy or not, that would be my go-to place and that would make me feel better and I would be cured. Um, it doesn't work that way. So that I got to learn that that is my go-to place. And sometimes it does happen that it goes there, that I think that is my solution, my quick fix, my fairy godmother with the wand and poof, everything's going to be okay now. And it's not, you know, um, I have to sit with those feelings, you know, and there have been times that, um, especially in the beginning that I've, um, you know, laid on the, laid down on the floor in my house in a fetal position that it was like, I don't know what to do with myself. You know, this is the one hand go out to the acting out and the other hand staying sober and feeling all these emotions that I don't want to feel. Um, you know, and, um, and also asking and sometimes crying out to my higher power to help me, help me out of the situation, you know, and, um, I was able to overcome that as well. You know, with that high power. Um, so my sponsor would say it's, it's not always easy and you don't have to like it. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah. And, um, I'm looking at the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and slowly, um, you know, uh, I was able to surrender also my, uh, you know, feeling loneliness that I, I was able to come to this deep surrender that, you know, yeah, okay, maybe I might be socially a little bit awkward and I have, what I say, a dash of autism that I'm okay and my higher power will go guide me, you know, and, um, and after that, you know, uh, slowly after practicing those things and, and, and sober and healthy things for myself, I started to feel better about me and who who I am, you know, that I'm, I'm okay and I can have compassion with myself. And this is something different than being absolutely self-centered, um, is having the compassion and a healthy self-care. Um, so it's about setting healthy uh, emotional boundaries. Um, I'd, I'd I'm not going into that because I don't have the time to share on that. But, you know, I've, I've also had to practice that. Um, you know, it's a good thing is that um, for it's almost uh, three years. Yeah, over three years now, uh, just a bit over three years now that um, just before the pandemic started, um, I was able to get my garden plot. Um, so it's not a garden where I live, but I have to go somewhere else. And... Um, it's also a society's there. Um, during COVID times, you know, I was only in my garden, working on my garden and um, doing stuff there. And very slowly, um, as also the uh, uh, regulations were lifted, um, I started to, to get to learn other people in the garden. Um, you know, um, I've been uh, participating in activities there um, and I got to know other women. You know, and um, today I also have five garden friends who I call my garden girlfriends, um, you know, and this wouldn't have never have happened in the past, not in my my acting out and not not in my early sobriety. 
Um, I call them my God-given gifts because, you know, I really enjoy their presence and uh, I enjoy being in the garden there in the presence of my higher power and myself and just being me and okay who I am. Um, yeah. Um, and let me say, uh, as this, you know, um, life, life puts um, stuff on our path, challenges, and you know it's not always easy. But with um, with the toolbox I have today, um, I'm able to deal with that. Um, yeah, thanks. I'm almost. I'm going to finish up. I'm wrapping up now, uh, and you know I'm able to deal with that. And um, as it says in the promises, you know, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, and I will always materialize if we work for them. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Jackie. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you so thank much, you, Jackie. Jackie. What a wonderful thank insight. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you. Um, David, you were the first one. Hey, everybody. David, sex addict. Uh, Jackie, so thank you so much. Um, I feel like God has been putting angels in my life, and and, and I consider you one of them. Um so I just uh, started, I'm sober three years. I just started a period of abstinence um, in my marriage. Um, and I have all these feelings coming up. And um, uh, a friend of mine asked me to step in and share the, uh, another essay meeting for him on Monday. And we read page 71 to 72, the same passage that you chose this, today. Um, so I feel like God is speaking to me. And um, everything you said about you know, at some points when these feelings are coming up, all I want, I feel like what I want to do is just get on the ground and get in the fetal position and suck my thumb, you know? Um, and, um, I guess my question to you would be, you know, and sometimes I feel like these feelings will never stop if I, if I feel them. Um, any experience that you have there or when these feelings came up, any, any techniques that you used, uh, would be helpful. So thank you for your share. Thank you, David. Um, yeah, the one that was, um, I didn't want to uh, do the crime because, um, I was afraid I was going to do, go into self pity. And, um, my sponsor suggested me, you know, put a timer on that, give yourself 15 minutes. And, um, you know, when that timer goes off and you still feel the same way, then, then you go get a call, call somebody call me <laughs> you know um you know and that that has helped because my my feeling is that oh god this is going to go on forever and ever and ever and ever and when i put on that timer um you know it was sometimes not even five minutes but it felt like five hours you know so that helped me and sometimes we just you know we just have to sit through that yeah yeah that's it thanks Nancy. Yes, thanks, Natalie, and thank you so much, Jackie, for sharing. Um, I've enjoyed getting to know you face-to-face at conventions. Um, really, thank you for your share. A couple things I wanted to ask. You mentioned that it was hard to make calls. I receive lots of calls and sponsors. I text and all, but I don't, except for my sponsor, I don't usually reach out to make a call. Um, unless I'm really in trouble, I will. But the other thing is self-care. You mentioned like learning self-care. Can you give me some kinds of things that you've done that have helped? Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. The calls first was um, I had a daily renewal partner and we called each other every day, you know, and that was really helpful. So I, I must say I didn't call a lot of other different people because I didn't have much choice. Um, but you know, it was a, it was a huge help for me. Um, this, the self care first, it's, it started, you know, and it sounds, I know it's really, um, I don't know, childish, but get myself a, a really nice, cuddly, um, uh, a childlike, you know, cuddle, um, that, um, that I feel safe with, uh, get myself a nice blanket. Um, that, you know, I can sit on the couch with, um, get myself some nice tea, um, get myself a, a hot shower, you know, and 
yeah, then I also have to be careful. But, you know, if, if needed, get myself a hot shower, give myself a little present in between as well if I need something and not something that, you know, will, will hurt my, my financial budget, but, you know, give myself a present in between. Um, emotionally, um, is more being uh, compassionate. I've had to learn also being compassionate about myself. Different, um, I'd say a different inner language as well. You know, I'd be really harsh, you know, ah, oh, you stupid, you did that again, you made a mistake, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, oh, oh my goodness, I made a mistake. Okay, I can learn from that. That's okay. You know, with my higher power, I can learn from that. You know, and... I know it sounds really simple saying that, but it was it was quite hard learning that, you know, because it was something that a mechanism that I really I was zooming in on myself, being really harsh and um, trying to be compassionate. You know, I wouldn't judge people as hard I would as I would judge myself, you know, being really judgmental. So, you know, those are um, some things. But, you know, that there must be more things that would pop up because, yeah, you know, so. Oh, yeah. Also, um I can't, well, I can, I can read, but I, I can't concentrate on reading a book a long time. So, you know, it's like, okay, I'm getting bored. What do I do now? Yeah. Boredom and, and lust, um, that doesn't go too well. So, hey, yeah, speak tapes. <laughs> um, and, uh, I found doing these, um, puzzles on papers or, or words, you know, word things and, um, connecting dots also childlike things you know that i could do easily um coloring coloring uh coloring by numbers these things you know and and that's you know sometimes you know the self-care that i have these things that i can do in, in circumstances that i don't know what to do with myself but yeah i can go on so um i think this is uh, enough for now thanks thank you so much and thanks for speaking when you feel so terrible Buddy. Thanks, Jackie. This is what I got. Um, I don't have a question. I just want to thank you um, because I'm in my third decade of, of sobriety now in, in SA. And I guess I've been AA sober 43 years. And my body is having the sensations that I've repressed all the way back from I was eight years old. I don't even have words to describe the sensations yet other than absolute terror that my life is in immediate danger. Um, so I just want to thank you for talking about that because for, for years, um, I thought it was self pity. And, and what I'm just learning now is it's grief. It's absolute grief from the loss of my brother, from the loss of my father, from the loss of, of my parent, my mother. Um, so, and the other thing you mentioned was outside help. And yeah, I've been getting a lot of it and I absolutely like need it because I am much sicker than others. So I just really want to thank you for sharing. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. Alexander. Hi, my name is Alexander and I'm a sexaholic. So I have a short question. Uh, you mentioned that you had a lot of self-pity. This is a big thing for me. I mean, a big issue for me. And self-pity causes me to feel lust. Uh, so am I correct that you just waited it out? Like you waited for years to pass and then you felt that grief that you processed and then you felt better. Thanks. Thank you, Alexander. Um, that that's a bit too short. <laughs> it's a bit too short. I didn't wait it out, but you know, um, when things came up, I I did uh, I did talk uh, I did talk about them with my sponsor. You know, things that would trouble me and and those kind of things. Um, it took time that I was able to really process them. You know. Um, I think that's the only short way I could see that I could, you know, as, as I said, you know, the, the tunnel vision, the nearsightedness, you're ready when you're ready um, to be able to, to go through, through that, you know, but I was, yeah, most of the time it's, 
yeah, it was most important to to be able to talk to 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 somebody, and that somebody was uh, was in this case my sponsor that that was able to uh, to guide me, and time and my higher power. So yeah, thanks. Thank you. Thank you. I think it's my hand now, but I raised my hand for Hassan. And also for myself, but I will first ask uh, Hassan's question. He sent in the chat, thank you so much for this share. May I ask about your vision about emotional sobriety and self-acceptance? My vision on emotional sobriety. Well, this is a good part of emotional sobriety. <laughs> and uh, uh, the last part is uh, self-acceptance, where I uh, kind of like ended on that, you know, I feel good and, uh, about myself. I am okay to be me. But that has been a whole process, um, you know, um, that I'm okay being by myself, that I don't need anybody else. Uh, you know, in this case, uh, uh, another man or, 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 or that I need to be married, um, you know, because that is only going to be my crutch that other person or that marriage is not going to make me happy. Um, that needs to come from within, from within myself. I need to deal with those things within myself, um, with my higher power, talking to other people that I trust about those things. Um, so, yeah. It's a little bit more on that, but I did um, touch base on that. So uh, thanks. Thanks, Jackie. I have a question myself too. Uh, you were talking about loneliness, being alone or just with a few other women at conventions and uh, stuff like that. And um, I remembered we were at the convention together in June and we were the only woman there. And it was amazing to have you there that I was not alone uh, that we could take a walk uh, one moment and my response was oh I don't know I don't know if I will have the energy or the time or whatever and I see now because this has be become this became very clear in the last couple of days actually I'm scared of intimacy like I'm so scared to get real connections with people because I'm scared that I will use them again to fill me up and make me whole and so with the guys at the convention or in the meetings, it's pretty easy because they are guys and I'm a woman. But with you, a woman, oh, my gosh, it freaked the hell out. It just scared the hell out of me. So first of all, my amends for uh, I want to make my amends for saying no <laughs> to your question. And second, how do you deal with this in your in your recovery? Because I only have two years of sobriety. You have uh, 13 uh, so please give me your experience, strength and hope because I want to grow in this and I want to learn and, but I don't know how because I'm scared. Yeah, it's a scary place to be and absolutely I identify with that. You know, yeah, I, I can remember also at a convention, um, that, um, you know, the person that, um, I'm, um, that, that, became my, uh, uh, daily sob sobriety partner, um, you know, that I was like, oh, my God, you know, um, yeah, she's having all these talks and I'm not and I feel terrible inside. And part was also because I was overtired, you know, that I think everybody else is having connections. They're not feeling the way I am. So, you know, that part I knew my sponsor said, you know, if you get that feeling, you go to your room, you cry, you put a speaker tape on and, and take care and then go outside and see how things work out. And, yeah, you know, intimacy, it's these few words. Into me, see, it's absolutely scary. You know, sometimes just being me, as I say, you know, um, I've come to see, you know, my, my quirkiness. I want to be perfect. I want to be perfect. But that's why, you know, yeah, I'm socially also a little bit awkward. I have a dash of autism. And it's okay. And also with people who are outside of the fellowship. Um, with other women um, most of the time now it, it's it's thank goodness it's also with other women you know because that, that was also a big step um, I show a little bit of myself I, I share a little bit of myself and that's scary I never I, I didn't know how to do that you know so it does take time and don't worry about that Natalie because you know at that moment it was too scary for you to do that and you need to to set your own boundaries, you know, and later on you got, you got to see like, ah, this is my fear. And that is where, 
you know, you get the awakening in yourself. You're able to see that tunnel vision like, ah, that was what's going on with me, you know, and, and that's how we learn. That's how we learn. And that's also in compassion, you know, okay, maybe the next time with, with another person, with another woman or who's there, I can try or not. You know, that's, uh, that's the way to do that. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you, Jackie. I hope you'll be at the convention in June. Then we'll take a walk. <laughs> um, next one is Lee. Hi, Jackie. Great notion a great share a topic that i've never heard before and so i had to reflect on it and uh what you know not lust it's me you know that must be lust must be some sort of cosmic power that it takes uh myself to experience so that it's real uh and uh, i i like that idea uh, the other idea is that my higher power is a positive force that it takes uh, myself to experience. Uh, and the experience of my higher power is what does battle with the power of lust. You mentioned uh, that uh, this garden gathering that you had uh, connected you with a higher power. And was an experience of sorts, which I have here in the mountains today. It's a gorgeous day, and I'm connected to my higher power. The question I have is this. Um, uh, do you have uh, a number of experiences uh, that you experience your higher power? What brings you in touch with that power that heals you from lust? Uh, you mentioned your garden people, but. I didn't know if you had others. Yeah, <laughs> it's not the garden people that don't bring me in touch with the higher power, but, you know, be, being in nature, being in nature is, is um, you know, basically just sitting down and, and looking, being quiet, watching, listening to the birds, listening to the wind, um, feeling the wind. Um, but also sometimes it, in times of panic, just closing my eyes, breathing in, breathing out. You know, and I might not even be able to think or say my prayer, but, you know, that's just a moment of, of, of centering, just, you know, breathe in, breathe out. Gives me that moment of um, restraint of tongue or restraint of panic, what you would say, you know, and um, that's that's my connection with a higher power. And I also have, you know, uh, five words um, that help me with my, my higher powers, loving gentle not in a hurry not punishing and always around me you know that's when i tend to forget these things and oh god in a hurry oh, i'm left all alone oh. and um, you know i'm gonna get back to you <laughs> that's a, 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 no way you know, when i feel uh when i feel i want to punish somebody i'm hurt about something you know and that's you know yeah that that's what helps me get back center back to my uh contact with my higher power how you say it i don't know how it works but it works <laughs> yeah yeah well thanks jackie i'm out in the mountains right now doing the same thing that you're talking about so i agree thank you very much Raymond. thank you very much um yeah, Jackie, thanks so much. And lovely to see you, as I as I always say when I do see you online. I remember you at conventions. It was always lovely to see you and be with you. Um, just what you I mean, I'm doing exceptionally well in recovery, thank God. Um, I'm doing exceptionally well in life, generally speaking, with my family, etc. But one thing that's getting worse, a lot worse for me, and I've had this since I was a kid, is this social, I call it social phobia. It's, it's more than social anxiety, it's social phobia. I do a lot of socialising because I'm involved with char a charitable organisation. And at the moment, I'm doing loads and loads of, of socialising with different people. I find it so very difficult to be with a crowd, even in a SA convention. A crowd to me is three people. I'm great with one-on-one. One -on -one. You know, I'm absolutely great with things. But like you were saying about, you need uh, the word validation. I need, I'm looking for validation from crowd, not particularly from one person, but 
if I'm with a crowd or whatever, I, I was at a big dinner last night uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking around for validation from the people that's in the dinner, you know, they're looking at me and like you said, exactly as you said, and it's getting worse for me. Um, and I've come to the conclusion that I've got to do something about, I will do something about it. I, I've done something about the lust, done something about the drinking, done something about, you know, it's not working what I'm doing. So you said, you know, you started gardening. And I guess um, the reason is the way you get on with all these people is because you've got the same interests. But I just wondered if, you know, because you tried religion as well, uh, uh, et cetera. So what's the difference with the gardening thing? Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> what's the difference? Oh, well, I don't know. There's a huge difference. I can be me somehow. I can be me. But, um, yeah, I, I can also identify, you know, being um, with, with other people because I first thought, you know, I'm not I'm not social. I am social. But uh, as you say, when there are more people, I found find it harder also because I, I have a loss of my hearing. Uh, you know, sometimes look the, the talk, how to connect with people, you know, because then, then I'm like, I'm also lost. Um, and I can also remember in that part is that, um, that you know, I, I wanted to get out of here. I want to run. I want to run. And um, my sponsor shared, you know, sit, sit with that uncomfortability. You know, just be quiet. Just be quiet. Be yourself. Um, and and I know in the beginning it was really really uncomfortable. Like, oh, I need to say something to somebody. Oh, oh. And sometimes it's like, I, sorry, I just can't hear. I just sit, sit back. But yeah, it is sometimes. You know, when a crowd, you know, everybody's talking, and sometimes you see that people will grasp onto other people to to keep on talking because they also feel uncomfortable. Um, so yeah, that's where you know, and it doesn't always work. There's times that I also feel uncomfortable. Sometimes I'm you know good people part that you know okay i can sit with that feeling okay i'm feeling uncomfortable because i can't i'm not able to join in so for some reason and as you're saying you know one-on-one that goes easier in the regard yeah you have the common something common and you know it doesn't matter how i look like if i've got my garden clothes on or not if i'm covered in mud nobody cares (laughs) (laughs) and i love it (laughs) you know but yeah in the social setting with others it works a bit different because other people also are tense, you know, in, in being in that setting. So, yeah. 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 All right. Thank you, Jackie. We have time for two more questions. Rin, you are next. Uh, thanks. Thanks. Thanks for allowing me to ask a question. Um, yeah, I, I am a bit drunk and um, I'm mindful of self-pity and all the rest of them, but yeah, it was good to share. Um, but um, one of my questions is uh, relapse. Like I'm a chronic relapser. I tend to go uh, sobriety for, I've had sobriety for a year and then I, I'm in a cycle at the minute um, where I'd go for one month and then I'll, I'll go on these crazy binges, binges. I mean, like three, four days and I just can't stop looking at explicit. I've got a very good sponsor. My question is, um, how many meetings do you attend? Uh, you know, um, how many meetings did you attend? How have you dealt with chronic relapses? Have, have you struggled with, with sobriety? Um, yeah. So, so the kind of two questions in one there, really. Thank you, Ren. Um, yeah, to be, I, I cannot answer your question on chronic relapse. Um, I don't have experience, strength, and hope on that, so um, I won't be able to give that to you. Um, how many meetings I go to um, at this moment? It's uh, it's two meetings uh, in a week. One is my AA meeting and one is my SA meeting. But in the beginning, I went to a lot more. Um, I really, really tried to uh, uh, stay co- connected and, and in contact with my SA fellows. Um, and I'd, um, at that time, I did have the possibility to go to another city to go to the uh, SA meetings. Um, so, yeah, that's what I did, you know. Um Stay, stay in contact with other members. And, um, 
other members who are who are sober and want sobriety. You know, um, that's that's uh, for now all I have on your question. Thanks. Thank you, Jackie. Danielle, you are the last one. Uh, but before you ask your question, I want to ask Jackie, can you stay in the parking lot for Abdallah's question in case Abdallah can, can stay in the parking lot? You're muted. I, I'm talking and I'm muted. Uh, let me see. I'll, uh, I'll just answer uh, Abdallah's question. Then I'll, I'll, I'll go because I, <laughs> I'm not feeling too well. So I'm, but I also, um, I don't do uh, well after I've uh, done the speaking um, as well. So uh, it's not only because I'm not well, but it takes uh, energy to do this. So, yeah, mm. I'll, I'll keep quiet now, then I can answer your questions. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Jackie. Danielle. Yes, uh, thanks, Jackie, for your share. This question actually comes from the chat. It was a message to me from your Gita. And the question is, good evening. Thank you for your share, Jackie. Much appreciated. I have a question about emotional boundaries. I'm, I have trouble when someone's having emotional turmoil and I'm taking up their emotions and I assumed uh, that it's my fault. Uh, used to put the same emotional burden that others have to make me happy. I'm not sure what that means. What is your advice to not be afraid, but not to let others emotionally burden you and how to overcome the fear of your own feelings? Yeah, it will also take time and learning. But um, there are, um, you know, I'm powerless over other people, places, and things, just as other people are also powerless over me. Um, you know, what other people do, say, or react is about them. What I do, say, or react on the inside is about me. You know, and that's where where I slowly have to, you know, kind of like detach from that other person's emotion you know did did i was that my fault that that person is that emotional um if it's a no like then it's then it's theirs if it was my fault still you know then i need to have a look on the inside what did i do their their reaction to what i said is about them i know this is in a nutshell but has helped me you know what other people do or say or react is about them that's the way i can kind of like keep a little bit of that emotional detachment and how i react on site is about me <laughs> I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.